Hello and welcome to another episode of Triassic Park, where we are continuing our exploration of Jawsploitation. But I'm not joined alone on this uh, mission of the seas. I also have uh, Max here. Hello, Max. Thank you. Yes, I'm, I'm sure you had a lot of people that were dying to talk about the movie Orca with you. Uh, I'm just flattered you chose me. You'd be surprised. You would be surprised. There actually were there actually were a few people interested in talking Orca. Orca is a very weird film in where people hmm. who have weird beefs against Jaws love Orca, and um, no one else does. That's kind of that's that's kind of the, the thing about Orca. Um, what what's your history before you kind of get into this movie with the phenomenon of Jaws exploitation? And I guess Jaws itself is like a franchise. I'm just kind of interested. In um, I think Jaws would have probably been like my favorite movie from like 10 to 13. I probably would have claimed it as my favorite movie. I actually think there was a summer where I watched Jaws one uh, every weekend, uh, maybe multiple times uh, on the weekend. Um, never was a big fan of the sequels. And I, I at the time during my Jaws obsession, I probably did seek out some of the uh, Jaws ploitation, Jaws ripoff movies. Uh, so I remember seeing grizzly paws things like that um but it's never been a genre i've consistently done deep dives on or anything pun intended <laughs> um <laughs> so you, had you yeah. seen uh, orca yeah before? i think i think it's one of the more notable yeah. jaws ripoffs right so it was always the one that was kind of easier to find in the video store yeah yeah it's funny because in many ways um you know grizzly was the very first example of jawsploitation but i it's not grizzly is is much less famous than orca because grizzly has a lot more of a grindhouse feel where orca is really going for an air of respectability so it was kind of easier to find yeah sort of i don't know if i fully agree about the respectability part for a movie that has well, has... not 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 in the actual film itself, but what it's going for. I feel like I feel like there is a little bit loftier goals in, in this movie. Whether or not it succeeds, that's I mean that's fair. Uh, yeah, I don't know if a movie that has a whale <laughs> miscarriage in it can be called respectable. But it, to me, it played like when I was watching it this time, it played like those. Um, I might be jumping the gun here. Sorry, Andrew. But it played like one of those, like a ta- cheapo Italian ripoff movies that like Joe D'Amato would have made, um, yet with a bit of a budget and respectable cast. So that's what I found kind of interesting about it. Yeah, no, you're definitely not wrong. Um, and where exactly this film has its exact origins is, is a little unclear. As far as the film goes, it has a very easy and, um, you know, kind of obvious story in the fact that uh, famous, uh, you know, exploitation and Italian film producer uh, Dino De Laurentiis saw Jaws and was instantly like, oh, we need our own version of Jaws. And apparently, like, he called up one of his producers, uh, Luciano Vincenzoli, uh, be aware, there's a lot of Italian names. I don't speak Italian. I'm sure that uh, some of these names are a little bit um, flummoxed, so I apologize. But regardless, he apparently like woke this guy up in the middle of like in the middle of the night, <laughs> and he was just like, "All right, I guess I guess we'll do it." And the only thing that Dino told him was essentially like, "Find me a fish that's tougher 
and more terrible than the great white. And, you know, that's, that's a, that's an order. That's a tall order. Um, and this is really kind of Dino's second attempt to really rip off Jaws. Um, his, his very first and his much more famous version um, is his 1976 version of King Kong, which is definitely going to be talked about in this podcast. But um, I'm not sure which of these started first, but I know that Orca was not as involved by Dino De Laurentiis as King Kong was. So I'd imagine they were probably going into production around the same time period. Um, but King Kong was really his very first attempt to really kind of irk the flavor of Jaws. Um, do, do you agree with that, Max? Or am I kind of off? Yeah, I don't know a ton about the history of King Kong. Um, do you think it was a ripoff? Like it was trying to riff on the Jaws? Just animal attacks, nature gone wild kind of movie? Well, yeah, I think it was kind of trying to be like, we need a bigger blockbuster than Jaws. And it was like really kind of using a lot of things that Jaws did. Um, one, of, one of the things that's like really like kind of noticeable about like how the, the way that, you know, the, the film Kong 76 was done. It actually released a, a making of book just like Jaws released right. a making of book um, yeah, Jaws by Carl Diaries. Gottlieb, which was like a, a very yeah. famous, the Jaws log. Yeah, and um, and, and he tr- was trying to really ape that success of Jaws, um, but not rip off the plot of Jaws. And then in this one, he, he just gave up and was like, give me a better Jaws. Let me make more money than Jaws. Um, the next step, so apparently Luciano's brother pointed um, you know, him towards the killer whale. He, I guess he knew more about whales or whatever. And was like, hey, the killer whale, get, get that. The thing the next thing is i don't really know about this story is whether or not the paperback version of orca who that was written by arthur herzog who's like a very famous uh famous writer he, he wrote a bunch of pulp books but he also wrote a lot of non-fiction material and like true crime and like some pretty hard-hitting stuff um there is a paperback version called orca by arthur herzog now, when it was published is something that's kind of up for debate. Google lists its publication date as September of 1976. Goodreads marks its first publication as November 5th of 1975. Most other sources cite the pocket version of the book, which was released in 1977. Now, this pocket publisher's version of the book was not the original version because it even states that like this was made for like the pocket and it was made with all new plates and it this like so it's clear that it was made a pocket version of a larger paperback but i've not been able to track down like even the original cover of of that 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 paperback version because the 1977 version was released like in conjunction with the movie and, like, when you open it up, it has, like, oh, soon to be a film by Dino De Laurentiis. Here's all the people who are, like, involved in the it De Laurentiis movie. It basically has movie. the movie poster um, as its cover. And then when you, like, open up the, the two covers, the, the whale stretches from the front to the back. It's like this panoramic of the movie poster, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And that's the version I have. Um, and, and it has a big Dino De Laurentiis presents, like, Orca on it. Um, and... 
that is the version that most people go, oh, this 1977 version, I own it. It's clearly a novelization. It doesn't seem like it was a novelization because the the plot of the characters in the book, like the action sequences are taking directly from that book and put on the screen for the movie um, with very little changes. But the characters are entirely different. We're talking about characters with different names, different backstories. Um, if this was, in any case, a novelization, like it was not done with a full script. I, it, for me, it reads like it was done with, uh, at most, Arthur Herzog might have received like an outline of big scenes and then he filled it all in. Um, what's interesting though is most people who like study Orca, and by the way, there's two, two, and I guess me now, I guess I'm one of these people, um, say that it was a paperback first. The paperback is not credited in the movie though. So I have no idea. That's the, <laughs> that's one of those things. Unless, until I actually manage to, um, cover uncover the original published version it is really hard to tell um but ma but, but max what, what do you think about that uh or does this not matter at all and i'm just yeah you might be going person. down a rabbit hole here um but i know arthur <laughs> Herzog wrote the swarm which was later made into an earl allen movie but i think that was an original novel too i i feel like he was a guy that was just cashing yeah. in on the animal attack uh kind of phrase kind of brought on by the Book of Jaws. Um, but, uh, yeah, I have really no insight into this. When you say, you know, it reads like a book that was written without the script, the movie kind of plays like a movie that doesn't have a script at times. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it does, if it came if it came after the, the movie, he's not, yeah, I'm sure he wasn't working with a completed script. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, who knows, um, the script of the movie, though, was written by Vincent Stoli, uh, and Sergio Donati, um, who are two very, very Italian people, um, and also legendary screenwriters Robert Town, who did Chinatown, amongst many others, and he did some type of script work on it, like, it seems like he was probably, like, doing touch-up on the film, um, it's really not 100% clear what he did and what he added to the film, um, and he doesn't talk no. about it in any interview. He doesn't brag so, about this one? I mean, I don't think I would. No, no, he doesn't. That was, that was literally the joke. I think there was like a, I think I was reading like a New Yorker piece that was like yeah. outlining his history, and it's like, it has in brackets, like, I mean, would you brag about writing Orca? I'm like, all right, guy. I mean, I hope you're not like, wrong, later, like, senile years, he refuses to talk about Chinatown and only wants to like wax philosophical about the innovative act structures he was using for Orca and stuff like that. Like, I'd like him to do something like that. <laughs> so on the, <laughs> that on the commentary I listened to on the the Scream Factory Blu-ray, the the I forget the guy's name who does the commentary. He sort of says that they brought um, Town in to kind of work on the Charlotte Rampling character, the sort of marine biologist, the kind of Van Helsing character, I guess, in this that just sort of knows everything about whales. Right, and I think they also tried to kind of create a relationship between her and Richard. Harris, um, 
Yeah, it, it happens in the book, but it's, okay. like, really bad in the book. And it's not great in the movie, but Charlotte Rampling is a much more realized character in the That's movie. That's shocking to me, because I would say she has nothing to do in... You could, like, replace her with the an audiobook of a children's uh, encyclopedia about whales, and the movie would not change drastically. I mean, I mean that's fair. I mean, you know, looking at just l- let's listen to the plot itself, people. It's a revenge tale where the person taking revenge is Orca. Many people have likened it to Death Wish, but it, Orca is Bronson essentially, um, because essentially a an Orca is kind of being hunted by this fisherman played by Richard Harris, and he accidentally catches catches a female orca who is pregnant while he's hunting um and his capturing uh, of the the female orca results in both the baby being miscarried and the orca like the female orca dying so then the rest of the film is just like this this amazingly huge orca named Nick Finn in the book at least. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of see it in the movie. Yeah, that never that never way. plays out plot-wise. Because um, like he nicks the fin and you think, oh, no. that's gonna be this trademark thing so that we know it from the different orcas. Because there's a bunch of different orcas that Nick Finn hangs around with. But it never really plays out. Yeah. So I guess that's true of a lot of yeah, no, exactly. Um, and and the, the the sea captain eventually, like, he goes back to harbor and he's just like, well, I fucked up. I'm not going to go back in the sea. I don't really want to go out and do this. Um, and then the orca just starts to destroy the coastal village until the coastal village is just... And, like, by destroy, I mean the orca sets off a chain reaction of explosions somehow. Like, the orca is smart enough to, like, mess with the fuel uh, tanks of, <laughs> of the city. <laughs> and uh, eventually the city is basically like, you know what? We're kicking this guy out so this fucking orca will leave us alone. Uh, and the orca and the captain basically, like, have a, a fight in the second half of the movie. And eventually uh, they end up in the Arctic and the orca bats the captain with his tail and the captain just splats. That- so... That middle That's section is so uh-huh. fascinating to me because it's it's a good half an hour of movie. This is when after Richard Harris has um, accidentally killed the female whale, and he doesn't exa- She kind of commits yep. suicide too, which is a question I had for you. Is she what? trying to? So go ahead. Sorry. No, you're you're not. Like it, it's so weird to me because they very specifically go. Oh, she's yeah. trying to commit suicide, you know? and you're like, "I'll be." Because how, how do you know that in the book? It's ahead, like, sorry. oh, sorry. I was just gonna say, yeah. I was just gonna say in the book, it's way more clear that like they capture mm-hmm. her on a shitty boat, and then they go, "Oh crap, we have to like free her." And then what they actually do is they accidentally drown her because um, they they like they're trying to lower her back into the water right. because they realize they made a mistake, and the 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 crane gets like stuck so she's just like stuck underwater and can't breathe and then the uh miscarriage happened so it's like a ve- it's like there's no like oh she's trying to kill herself it's like a very like oh yeah we uh really murdered this thing yeah cuz <laughs> in the movie he's shooting for uh, the male orca misses nixes fin yeah. hits the yeah. female orca who starts screaming like a, a 
child, which is like the first time that Richard, there's a big theme in this movie that orcas made, are as intelligent of human, as humans, if not more so. Uh, so it's the first inkling that Richard Harris has Had that this is something greater than, than, you know, just a dumb fish. Then the female whale rams herself right. into the propeller of their boat, uh, which my question is, is she trying to commit suicide or cut, like, give herself like an emergency cesarean section to get the the the, the orca fetus out because and, and I mean maybe. it is a moment in the, the movie that like is actually pretty grim for a especially for a PG movie they then haul this sliced to ribbons female orca onto the the deck ship and the the bloody fetus falls out splat onto the onto the ship's um, surface and uh, the deck. And Richard Harris is freaked out by then Keenan Wynn, who's one of the crew members, this sort of salty old sailor, who's off the side of the ship while the uh, the father uh, orca screams in anguish, you know? Um, yeah. Um, all of those sounds, by the way, not not real orca sounds. Um, they actually hired an animal impersonator played by Percy Edwards to just do all of the I gather, orca noises. Because the other, um, there's some bad sound effects in this yeah. movie because there's a couple of shots where it's like a pod of orcas sort of cresting above water and it's supposed to be like they're blowing uh, air with their blowholes, but it sounds like a mechanical like monster from a, like a theme park. Like this, this is very odd sound. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. It's it's kind of weird because you know this this film was like pretty mod modestly budgeted. Um, it was like only like it was like a sixty so sorry a six million not a sixty million. I mean way crazier than like it was a it was a six million dollar budget, maybe twelve million. And again, this is one of those things where like there are, there are multiple reports, but either way, it was not like a super high budget movie. Um, and it, it did make its money back either way. Like it, it made about fourteen million dollars at the box office, but because it like it wasn't a huge hit, nobody other than like Harris and Rampling uh, ever talk about this movie. Like apparently Dino De Laurentiis right. just didn't talk to people about this movie afterwards. He's just like, no, I, that didn't make any money. I have no interest in talking about this. Um. Funnily enough, he did try, he did try to make two sequels, but we'll we'll, we'll get into that. But it's interesting you say later. it's a low budget movie, <laughs> but because like I said earlier, for the type of movie it is, it feels like a big movie. You know, the, you, you you are right. You're because I, I, like if you watched if you guys were watching along with us and you watched like Grizzly, for example, that was a super tiny budget movie, right? Um, and that was the type of movies they were making. And the reason, one of the reasons why I was I was reading um, one of the Roger Corman books, and one of the things about Jaws that Roger Corman said is basically like, oh, they made one of our type right. of movies, but with a budget. Like that's the that's a big difference. Um, so clearly, they are kind of trying to match at least they're, more money than is normally. They're spent somewhere in between Carmen and Jaws. Jaws. You're right. But with it being kind of a lower mid budget, whatever you want to say. Um, I wonder if that explains the middle section of the movie. Because in your brief synopsis, you made that middle section sound more exciting than it actually is, you know? There are a few, like, action... (laughs) There are a few action moments where the boat... uh, Excuse me, the whale starts sinking boats, and yes, 
does create this elaborate kind of like Home Alone style plan where it like rips the gas lines that are gas pipes that are by the water and then hits pilings of a shack that spills over an oil lamp, which then sets the gas on fire and travels up to a gas refinery, which explodes like the whale basically (laughs) performs industrial espionage. Um, But and I think one of the great. Yeah. Just before you get off that, I think one of the greatest parts about that is the real whale yeah. footage that's intercut of like the whale like doing like this dramatic like leap. And, and it always has because they shot that stuff in marine world, so it always ha- it's always reflecting like these scenes are all at night, but it's always reflecting like the waves in the water on the, its skin, but because it was clearly shot in the daytime when they did it. Yeah, you're 100% right, because what's hilarious is that both of the places where they shot, well, I mean, probably probably not hilarious, it's probably kind yeah. of depressing, I don't really know what happened after the, what to these whales, but both of the, they used, like, Marine World Africa, which, by the way, is not in Africa, it's it also in Los Angeles, so it's, like, a terrible name. Why is it called Marine like World Africa? Um, I, I, it's not anymore. It's okay. it's now Six Flags. Like so, so <laughs> Six Flags bought yeah. it, but like I couldn't find out why did you call it Marine World Africa? Um, and also LA Marine Land, and like both of those, like both of those, like marine areas, no longer in service. Like they're both closed. Um, so it's like I, I, you can own like the the. I think the animatronics in this film pretty they're not bad. Good for yeah, the they're whale, not bad for the most part. Um, and. The the thing that you can most tell about like after like aside from the reflections right because those are pretty pretty obvious, um, but in that when you're trying to figure out what the real um, real footage of the whales were, it's really you can only tell because the fins are like always like mm-hmm. folded up in when whales are in captivity versus the wild. Um, so I always notice that and I'm right. always like, oh god, <laughs> that just makes me sad. <laughs> like, oh god, um, <laughs> oh god. Apparently, apparently, that was all done by uh, J. Barry Heron, and he did like a lot of like marine related footage <laughs> in the days. But one thing that I completely left out—I don't mean to like yeah. while we're on the topics of the actual whales and stuff i didn't mention that there was a, a random shark at the beginning of this movie that the whale kills um and um the own like the, it makes sense in the book because in the book they are hunting great whites and then the whale kills the great white and then they like have to you know take the yeah. whale as like a backup but they don't specify that in the movie like it's just like oh my god a shark is coming towards these people oh what's gonna happen and then a whale just like shows up and like owns the shark as like again an obvious like oh aren't we better than that yeah i love that because it's clearly um, the filmmakers trying to say like jaws ain't got nothing on orca man but which is which is hilarious because the the people who filmed the footage of the that original shark were the same people like Ron and Valerie Taylor who filmed all of the real life shark footage yeah. from Jaws. So it's like it, it's like the it's literally like the exact same. Well, you're doing the exact same thing. What's also hilarious it. about it is the shark in that sequence is so much more scary and compelling than the whale. I feel like this movie has a lot of monster envy where like everyone's sort of ooing and aahing about Jaws and they're over in the corner being like, whales have sonar that can travel around the world. Like they keep trying to 
give you these whale facts to make the whale seem compelling and scary and maybe supernatural, but it always feels like just like the thing you would, the sad fish you see in marine land. Like, you know what I'm saying? Whereas when you see that, like, yeah. you see that yeah. shark in the opening scene, it's got these spiky teeth and those dead doll's eyes, as Quint would say, you know? And the whales have, like, no <laughs> eyes that you can really see, except when it gets, like, big spaghetti western close-ups in this movie, the whale's eyes. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you're quite apt in the spaghetti western thing, because it's all, like, the Ennio yeah. Morricone score, right? Um and that's very western. It, it's very weird for this movie. I don't. I don't mind the score. I think it's a pretty good score, but it, it definitely makes it a more. So I actually have a like theory, a western, and it's right? based on nothing. And I'm sure we're going to want to talk about this more later. But it's. It, I think you need to hear about it for the theory. One of the things the movie tries to set up is that the the orca is obviously getting revenge on Richard Harris for killing his wife and unborn child, and Richard Harris himself has reveals later on that his wife, pregnant wife, was died with a from a, a drunk driving accident. So he relates N- not no. not in the book, by the way. That's just <laughs> yeah. the thing that they invented for the movie, which is just I have a lot of questions and opinions about that subtext. Anyways, I have this theory when we're speaking of spaghetti western, one of the writers on this movie is Sergio Donati, who wrote some some of the stronger spaghetti yeah. westerns, two Sergio Leone ones, and then two of the better a non-Sergio Leone spaghetti westerns, a face-to-face and the big gun down. So this movie, to me, this is based on no fact, Andrew, so you may want to stop me, but the movie, to me, sort of felt like it was like slapped together, like we're doing a killer whale movie. We need a script in two weeks. Donati, can you get us something? And he was like, oh, yeah, 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 sure, no problem, and took an old spaghetti western script off the shelf and just grafted a whale onto it. Because if you think about it, you know the whale. I, yeah, if you replace like, the right. if you replace right, the whale 100%. with um, Lee Van Cleef, the movie really becomes a western. Because like, <laughs> yeah, you're, a, you're like yeah, that's, that's completely accurate. During and the like, boring middle section, know, I was actually kind um, of writing this movie in my head, where I was like, okay, the whale's Lee Van Cleef, who's like a former bandit that's trying to go straight, and he has like a young wife and she's pregnant, and then you have like Thomas Milan. Uh, who is maybe like a, a Prince Hal type character that's like the son of some land baron and he's sick of the stultifying life of the rich. So he starts um, holding up stagecoaches with a band of no good nicks to like break up the monotony of his pampered life. Uh, and in one of the holdups, he kills Lee Van Cleef's wife. Um, and then cut to a few years later, Thomas Milan is uh, a respectable citizen and Lee Van Cleef comes back for revenge turns the town against Thomas Milan and forces him to to face him, you know, and you just replace the ocean with like, I don't know, like canyons or something, and you have a spaghetti western. Yeah, you're right. And again, like, you know, Ennio Morricone did nine film scores in 1977. He might have written this score for a western. <laughs> like, it's an ad. He's going to just be like, hey, give me a western score. And like, I Morricone actually, is like, yeah, whatever. I actually don't. Here you go. I love Ennio Morricone. I'm not crazy about this. It's not a bad score, but I think he's in a really tough spot when it comes to the score because he's got a, a Jaws ripoff. He's got a monster movie on one hand. But the movie is so somber about, like, because it's all about, like, Richard Harris isn't respecting nature and his wife was murdered and stuff like that. But he has to sort of balance between the two. And it's it's, a, it's an odd score to me. Yeah. 
Yeah, you're you're hundred percent right. It's this must have been a weird performance for Richard Harris to do. Because um like literally like I think it was like maybe a month or a month like or two months before going off to Newfoundland to to film this. Um he and his wife oh, actually had really? a miscarriage. Um yeah, yeah. And I, I don't know if that maybe kind of plays into like because he really talks highly about this film, like and respects it in his like filmography and like was always like, Oh, Pashaw, it's not a it's not, how dare you bring up Jaws. It's better like it's nothing like Jaws, it's its own thing. Um and I, I wonder if there's just like this weird uh well, it wouldn't be weird at all if if this is the case, is that he had like an attachment to the story because, you know, he had just gone through something horrible uh himself, right? And he was like Oh man, if only I could <laughs> kill God, I guess. God, God was um, Harris, like, he did his own stunts too. Like, I, I don't know, like, what was up with Harris in this movie. Because, like, apparently, like, there were some stunts here that almost, really? like, ended up killing him. So, yeah, yeah. They, they didn't say exactly what stunts, but, you know, they were like, hey, can we get a stunt double? And Harris was like, no, no, we'll, I'll do it myself. And he was, like, Again, probably because, like, you know, a- after the miscarriage, him and his wife were having having issues. Um, he was apparently, like, really, like, an alcoholic uh, at this time. Like, you know, the waking up with vodka and everything. Vodka he was sort of famous for like that. that. He um, also had his persona in the media that he was sort of a boozing brawler. Him and, like, Oliver Reed and guys like that. Yeah, yeah, and that eventually kind of, like, you know, affected his career health-wise, especially. Like, there were, even the even the Screen Factory commentary says that he turned down the Ingmar Bergman, like, Serpent film, Eggs. The Serpent's Eggs, to do this film. Yeah, not, according to uh, Harris's, like, auto, like, uh, not autobiography, his biography, um, it says, like, he was sick and he couldn't go do it. Like, it was after, like, it didn't have anything to do with this movie at all. Like, it was afterwards and he was, he was sick. Um, and I, I get it is because like he was having a lot of health issues because of you know everything in his life like, he was not having a good time um yeah so i i don't i don't know how much that kind of plays in, in that area he actually did work with the director michael yeah, anderson with the before devil. in a 19 19- sorry yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I it's been a while but it's like i think it's an ira movie isn't it yeah, yeah, that's what it's supposed to be. Like, it's, it's some form of our IRA movie. Yeah, it's not bad. I remember so. liking it. I just my memories of it are hazy. I mean, how how many movies? Like Max, you like a? <laughs> yeah. you, you've seen so many <laughs> movies. Like, I can't imagine. I like <laughs> you are but like the, extremely the Richard Harris so. <laughs> connecting to it is sort of interesting and a little bit sad because they really don't go into um. That, that subtext of, of you know that he relates to the whale right. he mentions it two or three times and I've never quite understood how he's relating to the whale like it seems to shift kind of without any yeah and they have like one very brief moment of like him like burying his his one of one of his crew um and him going like talking to the the revenant and yeah. being like hey can you commit a sin against a whale and then like the reverend goes no uh well yes but most of the time it's a, you actually can commit a sin, a sin against, against yourself. the blade of grass and like 
<laughs> yes, that's exactly yes. And that's exactly from the book. Like that's a, a point by point thing from that from the book. Um but yeah, I thought that was interesting because like that was kind of trying to re- well, that... to relate him and, and the way a little bit more. No, really and so that's what I was wondering. I'm going, are they trying to inject something artful? This is like the Robert Town contribution. Um, although those Donati movies have some like political moral dimensions to them too, like this Western hero. But it also felt to me like they were trying to figure out how to get Richard Harris onto the water. Um, because the, the half hour middle right. section... You have this problem where Richard Harris can just say, I'm just never going to go back on the water and walk away. Um, or he could go, I'm going to take my boat and like hitch it to a trailer and move it to another mouth of the water. And hopefully the whale won't find me. Although they do kind of imply that the whale has supernatural powers or psychic powers. So maybe. <laughs> yes, yes, they, yes, they do. One of the, one of the things that they, they, they drop from the book and maybe that early version of the script is that uh, Bo Derek is supposed mm. to be his sister. So like that would probably have made him more inclined because like they really are trying to get a reason for him to get on that water like you're saying and maybe having like maybe making that familiar bond to Bo Derek him being like oh it, it ate my sister's leg I gotta go fuck it up right like it would have been would have been a, an interesting way to kind of get him out there. Um, by the way, uh, Bo Derek's first film appearance, uh, first released film, Fantasies, the John with her husband, husband John. John. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was kind of surprised to, to to learn that. I was like, oh yeah, I guess this is like I guess everyone has a first movie, and hers was like a first appearance. Her movies, like, her leg is just repeatedly she brutally do assaulted. Anything. Nobody does anything in this movie, Andrew. Yeah. That's what I thought was funny when you gave you gave a pretty accurate synopsis of the movie, and you did not mention Charlotte Rampling, who's the second lead in this movie. Will Sampson, who's probably most famous yeah. as Big Chief in the One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, you did not mention him. Yeah, um, yeah. you did, did mention Bo. Did, uh, uh, Carradine is in this movie. Robert Carradine. Most famous for Revenge of the Nerds. Really, nobody has much to do in this movie unless they're being eaten, or in the case of Will Sampson, um, crushed by an iceberg, (laughs) like debris from an iceberg. So unless you're being eaten or spouting whale facts, you have nothing to do in this movie. Um, Yeah, you're you're, you're 100% right. It's it's kind of crazy because like um have you seen uh the white yeah, buffalo charles bronson and jay lee thompson that's another dino de Laurentiis movie too isn't it yes yes and, and that's kind of like his third in his like trying to right. eat jaws okay. kind of effectively um and in that one will sampson has like a much meatier role and like is, is is really kind of more part of the cast and really part of the story um, and he's used in a very kind of similar way here, but like all of the like, su- like any substance is taken away for his role here because like in White Buffalo he has like a family and like he's like he's like ostracized from his tribe and everything like that. Where it, it, in this movie he's just alone, and they don't really talk about who what he does, like what's his story, how does he live. What, what does he think? Like, he has to make this turn near the end of the movie where he suddenly pulls a gun and says, no, that's Which makes enough. no sense. Because he's the one that's encouraging and, Richard Harris to get on the water. And then suddenly he's like, no, this is the end. Yeah. But yeah. so I think what they're, I think what they're trying to yeah. do with him is, and they're doing the same thing with Charlotte Rampling, 
they are trying to justify the fact that the whale can do seemingly supernatural things. That it is so smart that it can essentially right. create like multi-step plans. Like, so one of the things it's doing is sinking other uh, captains' boats, like within the community, they're he's sinking their boats. So they will pressure Richard Harris to go and fight the whale because the whale wants to meet Richard Harris on the water. Um, and so you have to justify how the whale can do this. So with Charlotte Rampling, she's giving you the scientific facts about these amazing facts of what, and I'm, I'm doing air quotations around the word facts, about what the whale can do. And Will Sampson comes on as like the wise native that has a mystical connection to nature. And he gives you the mystical explanation for, you know, that the fish is practically a god. What's amazing is Charlotte Rampling's facts in this movie are so dubious. There doesn't, there's not, you. it's hard to tell the difference between her science facts and his mystical facts, you know, or not. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's, it, yeah, no, it's funny because like everyone on the film is like, oh yeah, Charlotte Rampling, she did all this research into whales to prepare for a role. And like, it's yeah, like, so mm. she spouts <laughs> like, yes, she spouts a lot of dubious <laughs> facts where she says things like some things you're like maybe i buy it but i'm not sure like the whale's call or the sonar call can travel around the world you're like i don't know how that works um she says at one (laughs) point she plays a recording to a university class of um a whale a whale song and she's like scientists have analyzed this um, and there are 15 oh, million yeah. pieces of information in this call. The Bible only has 4 million pieces of information. Um, now, it's uh, it's so funny because like that's one of the weird shit. Cha- like the, the book, for whatever reason, is like the Odyssey only has this many pieces. And like so they, in the in the in the movie, they're like, no, no. We they were worried that the, the, the audience for Orca the wouldn't know what the yeah. Odyssey is. Because this movie also explains... This movie also explains what monogamy is. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, right. What one of the weird things is that like we get introduced to Charlotte Rampling as being a teacher. We don't know where the school is that she's teaching at, uh, and we don't get any reasons why she can just leave her job. I didn't even know. Period. I didn't even know that Robert Carradine was her assistant at first. I just thought he was another crew member on the boat. Yeah, no, because in the very first start of the, like, she's fishing and the shark almost attacks, yeah. he's the other man in the boat with her. Uh, but you really don't understand that they're even, whether or not they're even connected the only, to the The only the reason you know it is that in the university lecture, we get one we get one shot of Robert Carradine operating the slide machine um, as... Shh. Shh. <laughs> I, I didn't even notice that. The only reason I knew is because she goes, "Oh, my <laughs> assistant just got eaten." <laughs> like, um, that, like it, felt, it felt like she was like, well, and she didn't really care much either. Well, like, Charlotte like, eh, Ramp, whatever, uh, explains to us that a whale's language is so sophisticated. No, sorry, its sonar is so sophisticated. It's basically telepathy. And she says, "These are this is her line." She's like. If a whale, when a whale encounters human speech, it would it, it view it as what did she say, unnecessary and quite probably retarded. And and I oh, that was yeah. that's her word. Like, and what I loved is it cuts to a shot of a of a girl taking that like taking a note after she says that. And I really wish the guy next to her had just like put his hand on her like writing hand and shook his head no, like don't don't write that down. <laughs> 
that okay? Yeah, no, you should not like, repeat that. We don't, we're, we're gonna we're gonna go talk to the faculty oh, members. No, I'm gonna say, it's like, yeah, it's like on PC now. But at at the no, time, no, no, like, no, I, know, I, know, I, I know, I know, I know. I don't think the whales are telepathic, uh, Miss. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, no, they they definitely are not like reading your mind. But that's what, one of the things that happens though no. is that. And I was surprised this didn't happen towards the end of the movie when, when Richard Harris finally embraces the fact that he, he's going to have to take his revenge on this whale. He almost seems to have like a weird psychic link with the whale where he's like, oh, the whale's taking us out to the ice. This is what it, it wants. Oh, it wants to do this. Oh, it's trying to drive us mad. I was sort of surprised that there was never a moment where Richard Harris is dreaming like the whales like on the field. Like they don't. They don't have like a psychic. Yeah, it felt like that's what it was leading to. Um, and I think they really missed an opportunity not doing that. You know, you've got a psychic whale, just embrace it. I mean, yeah, they really should. They really should have been, it, it kind of it, it embraced it a little bit. Um, do you, do you know about like what do you think about that that Arctic setting of the the final uh, final battle? Um, I think it looks pretty good. I I had no idea, Malta, but apparently it was yeah. all filmed in Malta in like two big, yeah, yeah, and two like really big water tanks, and they like had to design all of the the ice. Yeah. And I thought it was pretty, pretty, it's not bad. Know, pretty convincing. Yeah, it's not it's a little that. bit phony, but not not unusually so for a movie of that era, you know. Right. No. Yeah. That that's true. I think like one of the things that like I just talking about settings and and everything like that. I do think that like the, the actual like on the water stuff like looks yeah. beautiful like i think they do a really good job of actually capturing uh the beauty of petty harbor yeah. newfoundland um and i i really like it, you know there's a lot to criticize but i do think it's a pretty pretty looking film like there's a lot of really good sh- cinematography in, in just capturing locales yeah. um, the script is yeah it's a for the most part except for some of the whale mats and stuff it's 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 a pretty technically right, yeah. adept film, but the guy that made it, Michael Anderson, was a pretty competent filmmaker. He made like Around the World in Eighty Days, the original one. Um, the um, Logan's Run, I think, was his movie before this one, or, or two movies before that. Yes, um, yes, it was. Yeah, which is which is crazy to think like going from Logan's <laughs> Run to Orca, but I guess. but so it's it's a it's a fairly well made movie. It just has this really bizarre script with this deadly middle section. Although I guess the chase at the end of the movie when they finally got the water is not very exciting. Because really No, you're right. Like in the in the book they kind of make it a little bit more exciting because right. he has grenades for whatever reason and it's like more like, you know, because well, cause like in, you know, in one of the things about Jaws that is so flawless is that like second act that really ramps up the tension and comes up with a lot of like unique ways to have like, Oh, we spot the spot, the fish, like with the, the, the barrels and everything like that. And they didn't have like, you know, they, I, I, I thought like, you know, most of these movies have like at least one rip off of the Quint speech or something, right? Like something that would be like, you're on the water and then someone tells you a scary story and now all of a sudden it's more real and it's like scary. Like they- what's going to happen um and they rip off sort of ahab but instead of richard harris avenging the loss of his leg he avenges the loss of both darren's leg that's that's what i think they're doing (laughs) because yeah 
I mean, that's true. That's true. It is very much uh, of that era. And I've, some of the effects technicians, uh, Jim Hole, he even did some of the effects for the the, the uh, 1952 Moby Dick. Um, it was Sean like the, the Gregory, yeah. Gregory Peck one. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I thought that was kind of that's kind of funny that you mentioned that because yeah, it really is like a I, kind of like a reverse Moby Dick. I think they are trying. Well, the him. whale I think does effectively start hunting the Ahab and stuff in Moby Dick. I haven't read it since in a while, but um, oh, I could be that's making true. a complete fool of myself there. But um, I think that's one of the, they are slightly trying to attach it to Moby Dick because you know one of the metaphors of Moby Dick is that the whale represents you know God or something. And they are trying to insist on the godlike nature of this whale. Sometimes they quote Herman Melville or misquote Herman Melville at one point in this movie, where he's like, "She's like, <laughs> if God returned, he would return as a whale." I think. Actually, I think the actual quote is, "If God wanted to be a fish, he would be a whale." I think is what the actual quote is. But she basically says, "Like God came back as a whale." I don't. I don't know what. The, but then, <laughs> it's very weird. Well, that's it's that's what weird. I mean. So then. That's them trying to justify how the whale's able to do all the supernatural stuff, I think. But it's also trying to tie into that subtext of, like, what is Richard Harris's character going through? So at first he doesn't want to kill the whale because he relates to the whale trying to commit revenge uh, on him for killing his family. Um, at one point he's actually trying to yeah. dupe the whale uh, just so it comes up so he can apologize to it. Um He's trying to he's trying to fake it <laughs> yeah. with a scarecrow of himself, so the whale's going to come up. He's going to apologize to him. He says looking by looking at, at its eye yes. and being like, "I'm sorry." So then, so he relates to the whale initially, and then he Bo Derek gets a leg bit off, and then now he hates the whale, so he's going to go after the whale. But then, when he's in the boat, Charlotte Rampling plays him some whale songs. Like, what do you think he's saying? And he says, "Oh, the whale's saying, uh, I am you.'" And and you are the drunk driver that killed my wife. So now the subtext is really confusing because it's like Richard Harris is trying to kill himself. And then it's like, oh, the whale loved his family more than he loved me. So is the whale like some sort of God figure that Richard Harris is sacrificing himself to as penance for killing, or for his wife, not, I don't know, not revenging his wife? It's really confusing is what I'm trying to say. You um, 100% are putting more thought into this than... Uh than anyone did, whether it was <laughs> writing the book or making But they the spend a half an hour trying to, like, set up this subtext of, like, mm -hmm. oh, Richard Harris's relationship to the whale. Right. And, and they're trying to get at some sort of emotion and it makes no sense. Like, it's so... Yeah, oh, no, you're you're 100% right. Um, and it is very much, like, a bunch of mixed metaphors. They do kind of try to introduce the fact that he just kind of, like, goes mad near the end of the voyage and he's just like obsessing over yeah. like a whale book he's, and like all like the hunting the, the hunt at one point he's everything. clutching the whale um, book to his breast like it's a bible and stuff like that yeah and the thing that like i am just so i i don't understand it is he's just like oh a rescue helicopter yeah. will come and like rescue you asap and i'm just like where or like where is this <laughs> like this weird icy all, 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 
area that like they yeah enclave that's what i was trying to say um that they will just be instantly rescued at like most most things in the arctic you're like oh no we're just gonna be stranded here and die because no one's around but apparently this specific spot is just like hey this is where all the with all the helicopters will just come pick you and up and like get lickety as split soon as richard harris is at killed all. uh which by the way he's killed by the the um the orca gets him on his tail fin and like catapults him into an iceberg and he's and as soon as he's dead a helicopter shows up to rescue charlotte rampling who's the only remaining survivor of the of that of the bumpo crew yeah the doomed bumpo crew oh yeah it's so it's the bumpo crew oh god what a weird i don't understand the name that's it's a weird is that like a reference like do you know if that's like a reference to something or just is there is a character named Natty Bumpo in Nathaniel Hawthorne's Leatherneck stories, and I haven't read them in a long time, so I I don't. But I don't think there's any sort of like there's any parallels between that. But that's the only thing I could think think of. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's uh, it, it is so so strange of, of a name, but. Um, the we don't even get like a really cool like no. ship sinking sequence because like it does sink it but like it's not very cool and yeah, yeah oh yeah it just sinks like immediately it just like whoop, whoop. and like I think again I mean obviously we're gonna keep comparing it to Jaws because it's that's what it's doing itself like oh yeah look at us kill this Jaws we're, we're so cool um, because like one of the things the strength about Jaws is that you really like feel that boat yeah. as it sinks to the ground and you like kind of get like a very visceral reaction to the destruction that happens and one of the things that just it things just the the last like him dying and then them in arctic like in the arctic just goes by way too quick i think um and you don't really get too much of of just kind of like a a sense of place and a sense of urgency at all like everything just kind of happens and it just seems like they're trying to wrap the 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 story up because it's just like and now he's on an ice flow and oh the ice flow breaks just perfectly enough so that the animatronic of the whale can just go on the end and just like it looks like it's gonna eat him but no it's just gonna fling him with its tail and it just like it just feels like they really rushed through that um and didn't really like because they spend so much of that 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 (laughs) that second act that i kind of wish that they would have just you know put more of it into the third act so that you kind of would be able to feel yeah a bit more viscerally because arguably you don't really need that second act on land because the whale eats keenan win one of uh, richard harris's crewmates uh very very early in the movie and that there could have just been enough for richard harris to be like oh i'm gonna go get this son of a bitch um although i did notice that richard harris feels far more guilt about killing that whale and its baby than he does about anybody else, he, like any humans he gets killed in the movie. They barely register when Robert Carradine dies in this movie. Um, oh, yeah, they're just like, oh, thank God the, the resources yeah, will last longer. Like, or like um, Paul, the one character, Paul, gets it and nobody cares. Charlotte Rampley screams, no, and that's about it. That's yeah, about it. I mean, yeah. that's true. That's about it, though. Yeah, and it's just like, oh, yeah, that character exists, so, and he's now dead. Like, that character does nothing. That character has nothing I mean, I think to do in this story. True, he is just there. Yeah, they have nothing. Uh, I, I, yeah, 
You're right. Um, you are right. <laughs> I just like him, especially like I forgot he existed. But I suspect <laughs> that they were just like Jesus Christ. Shooting on the water is hard. Let's just have like a, a large chunk of this movie on the land because we can't afford. We don't have the patience to shoot on the water. That's that's my thinking because that second act is deadly and unnecessary. And yeah, I mean, yeah, you you are right. It's like. Um, they they probably knew about everyone knew about how difficult jaws was to do um although like they clearly like didn't learn anything from jaws because like one of the things about like um in jaws is they learned that like they're like oh like uh, you know spielberg brought on all these effects artists who had done water tank stuff right and um, they were like oh you're on the sea yeah. like you can't do this um so like it, it really is like uh this movie is is a lot of stuff happens on the open water and they didn't really make it easier for themselves that way although like again there's not that there's not that much like conflict introduced in any of the like the behind the scenes information. Everything was just kind of like presented as is, and I guess it's just because no one has really done a deep dive into figuring out how this movie was made. Right. I don't think anyone cares, which is fair. I mean, like a fair, like you know, I can be like, oh, these are the whales' names, but like I don't yeah. know what happened to the whales. Like I don't know what happened to Nepal and Waka Yaka. Did they die? Did they? <laughs> are they living anywhere? Both of those whales by the way have oh. imdbs um and they both use um one of them uses a real whale from orca the other uses a dead whale prop for the okay the <laughs> why do they have imdb credit well the production okay. information i'm interested <laughs> in is how much of that script was done when they went into production what if anything robert Tan. Yeah added to the screenplay because yeah the screenplay does such weird things where there's so much that isn't dramatized or just told like charlotte rampling just narrates two right. parts of, in the movie like 15 minutes in she starts narrating the movie um and she just kind of tells us that she has a thing for richard harris but like the performances don't indicate that we get no scene that dramatizes that same with like his wife dying in the brief he's he just tells us he's sad we never experience any of the sadness what his, how it's affected his life. We don't even have like a moment of him staring longingly at like a photo of his wife, you know? Although, did you notice there's there's a yeah, weird prop in his Richard Harris's like fishing shack. There's like a fairly large framed photo of a naked woman scuba diving. And oh, I was yes, like, yes, I was like, is yes, that his I wife? noticed like, that. Is that the, the memento he has chosen of his dead wife? <laughs> like a new photo for which he displays prominently in his living room, which he shares with other crew members. He uh, he wasn't so mad about Bo Derek's leg. It was really awesome. the fact that he lost that, that, that photo. <laughs> so you, so you have no <laughs> idea what, um, what uh, Robert Town added to this script, eh? No. No, I I tried to I was like kind of look it up. I was trying to figure out what the history of this group was, and there's I like to imagine they gave it to him, and he like went off for two weeks, you know, uh, did nothing, did a lot of cocaine, came back and handed them essentially the same <laughs> script. The only thing added was like a handwritten scene where it was the scene where the orca puts its tail fin out of the water and like shakes it back and forth and like a come over here gesture, and Richard Harris is like. <laughs> oh, it wants us to follow him, and and then and then like 
Yeah, Talon was just like, believe me, that ties everything together. That solves every problem of your movie. And everyone's just like, okay, he wrote Chinatown. Maybe he knows what he's doing, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's really like just, it seems like this was a, a film that just kind of got rock- yeah. rocketed into production and just was done as fast as can as it could. I am, again, I am impressed by, like, there's, like, some miniature work that doesn't look too terrible. I think, like, some of the animatronics are not that bad. And um, they they look kind of cool, but they don't get too much to do. It's mostly just, like, oh, there's a fin, blah, blah, blah. I was trying to figure out, there's a scene where the very, like, the very first scene after the the whale's bride is killed. The whale kind of, like, pushes along the corpse um and there seems to be like a huge like a, like a long shot featuring like a whole bunch of like whales it seems like a pod of whales and i couldn't tell if those were like fake or not or that was just like sequences they they caught in the wild and, and just like threw out there i like i just couldn't i couldn't tell um they the the Lee Gambin seems to think uh, who did the the Screen Factory commentary mentions that like oh wow they really trained these whales well to like push this along and I was still like I was kind of not convinced because I was kind of trying to figure out what what it what that entire scene was um, all the close ups obviously yeah are, like the animatronics like, like nudging the corpse but those, I was trying shots, to think like to if the whales are that smart and this was a real whale nudging that fake whale's corpse do you think that was like a bit of a head trip? like that that whale like you know like old actors are like oh it was really weird when i had to get into a coffin for this scene you think like of the whale is experiencing something similar like it 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 too had lost its wife it was really struggling but it was well i mean when, when you 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 mentioned that so they had to train one of the whales to take away the fake oh, leg yeah. like from bo Derek's leg oh right and it must have been a trip because Apparently that whale just kept trying to take like to attack people's really? legs afterwards. Like, yeah, because it took them a like it wasn't easy for them to teach it because like it wasn't interested in like it was like oh this is a fake leg whatever so they had to bring like in a specialist and like apparently afterwards the whale would constantly try to grab people's legs. Wow, they that's crazy. So do you think? Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, Bo Derek breaks her leg early in the movie and she's sort of laid up. Until yeah. she, the whale attacks uh, Richard Harris's uh, fishing cap cabin, which is partly on the water, and again it hits the underwater pilings, and then the shack tilts into the water, and Bo Derek slides kind of into the whale's. It's basically Quinn's death scene in Jaws, and it bites her, yeah. broken her like leg with the cast. Do you think that was just because they had like crappy fake legs, so they had to kind of concoct the the cast scene earlier, like like you know what I mean, like later on, or was that part of the whale's training? Do you know? Yeah, I'm not exactly sure. Again, in the book, that's there. Like, he, okay, he, he breaks her leg, and then what happened? Like the 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 whale doesn't actually take the leg away in the book. The whale just continuously right. chomps on the same leg, and they have to eventually. To, uh, like they surgically amputate it so they just add extra steps or whatever for it that, that would have been a good scene in the movie. Uh, but i would imagine yeah i think that would have been interesting because again there's like that level of like having to deal with the aftermath which yeah. this film just isn't interested in it seems like it's interested in the aftermath only for richard harris and the whale like it's not interested in the aftermath for anyone else we see her get taken away but we don't see 
her afterwards and in the book at least there's like an last scene of her in the hospital like up and like dealing with the aftermath of, of the, right. the falling scene that happens in this movie um and i would yeah i would imagine it's probably part of just um a shitty prop like because i don't think any of the other like none of the human props they have in this movie are very impressive like the scene where like you know it the richard harris prop is being <laughs> flinged by the whale tail and everything like that i don't think it's like there doesn't seem to be too much uh, yeah, skill I actually think <laughs> yeah, there's a exactly. scene earlier where Richard Harris creates a scarecrow of himself, where he like just wraps some of his dirty laundry on a broomstick to fail to um <laughs> to fool this whale that he's already admitted has godlike intelligence. Um, but yeah, I I really feel <laughs> yeah, like they exactly. just use the same scarecrow from the property, flings him into the, the iceberg. It it's it's pretty yeah it's pretty bad. Okay, I want to. So I want to unveil. I want to get your opinion on which of these scripts okay. you would have rather seen. So here are the two possible sequels okay. for Orca. The first one was King Kong versus Orca. Yeah, I. They so what they were gonna do is uh, uh, so, so like the there's like a book called like uh, Jaws Unmade and like goes through all these various versions of Jaws okay. and Jaws exploitation films that like almost got made and all these scripts. And they were able to like uncover a synopsis for for this this thing, but they weren't exactly sure whether or not it was the actual synopsis. So take this with <laughs> okay. a grain of salt. But apparently after after Kong falls at the end of Kong Kong 76, he gets a heart transplant and one of the people who is in charge of the heart transplant is supposed to be Charlotte Rampling's character. And <laughs> because she, she's a marine biologist. Who wouldn't then, want her working on your heart transplant? Yeah, exactly. Why was she in there? I don't know. But then and then she goes, okay, Kong is good. Now we're going to take him back to the ocean. Um, like, pick, take him back to Skull Island. And while she was doing that, Kong would fall in love with Charlotte Rampling probably a better romance than in this movie um and then um this the orca would just suddenly be like no fuck you charlotte rampling i no longer forgive you and you're now culpable i want to kill you now and then that's how the fight starts between the two of them because charlotte rampling is between them i guess so okay i again it's i think you have that same problem one. this movie does where kong does not need to get into the water at any point so so unless ever there was, Never, like, this is know. totally off topic. I'm sure you'll cut this out. But there was a Peter Benchley novel, I think called White Shark, where it's sort of a Jaws oh. ripoff. I read it so long ago. But I remember the concept is it's a product of Nazi experiments. And I think it splices human DNA into one of the great white sharks. So at, oh, at the back oh. half of the movie, the shark like reaches into its own body and like rips its spine upwards. So it turns into a I don't know. So and then it and then it's able to breathe outside of water. So maybe Orca could have done something like that. Well, <laughs> that leads into the other script. So the other script, and now this is one that like for years everyone just thought Joe John Joe Dante was just making this up. But after uh Joe Dante finished Piranha, he was offered by Dino to like do a, a script uh for Orca. So Orca 2. So what Orca 2 was, apparently the Orca started to go on land and kill people, 
and the only and like it was like this crime drama where like the only way that they could like tell that it was the orca doing the killings was because it left seaweed like at, at the scene of the crime and you know for years everyone was like no this is like obviously just a joke that joe dante made in the 70s yeah. after this like whatever we don't have to deal with it but he was on um gilford godfrey's podcast the yeah. amazing colossal podcast and when he was on there he detailed this entire script to to gilbert godfrey with like a, a pretty good dino de Laurentiis impression apparently and yeah apparently this was like a real script wow. idea that like the orca was gonna go on land and, and start like killing people uh, the begging evidence yeah i guess okay. i think uh, yeah, exactly. I like that that's the only I mean, clue like, I was like, that oh, they okay. have is seaweed. Like, there was no... <laughs> definitely not the the giant bite marks. Seaweed all over the paint. Unless it's using a like a gun. The crime scene. Do you think a, a killer whale crawled out of the water and started killing people? <laughs> like, I, I I'd be curious what the leap is there. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It it doesn't seem like there's ever like a full yeah. script. It was just like one of those things where Dino was just kind of thrown. Because again, like the fact that this movie didn't make a lot of money is probably the reason why they wanted to make a sequel to reuse right. the props, basically. Because it's just like, oh, I put a, put all the money in the stupid props, and now we. <laughs> well, you've given me a real Sophie's choice. That was a... Andrew. I kind of want to see both of these movies. If I'm if I'm being honest, I, although I feel the gritty crime orca movie has more potential. You know, I feel with the Kong. Oh, yeah, especially yeah. with Dante, right? Like, especially with Dante with, at the helm. With anyone at the helm, you know, get but... another Academy Academy Award winning screenwriter to script polish it, you know? And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, no, it is, uh, it, it, it is uh, a weird, weird end cap to talk about because, yeah, there was two potential sequels kind of floated around and uh, neither of them came to be um and as such orca is kind of relatively forgotten like it's not a super well-known film uh, especially not in the modern era it's not streaming anywhere if you ever want to watch it you have to buy it whether it's like buy it on itunes or buy it in the scream factory blu-ray um, and you can always tell how popular a film is by how how in depth the uh, like Scream Factory Blu-ray is, because the only thing on the Blu-ray is um, is a commentary. So which means yeah, I didn't put any money into this. So here's my question yeah, to oh, yeah, you: sorry. Would would you recommend this movie okay. to someone? And if so, who would you recommend it to? Who is going to like it? If any. So I I I I admit I didn't do a very good job defending this movie but i do find this movie like fun i don't i don't know if i'd ever argue that it was good um really the only people that i would truly recommend this to are people who are like already willing to go down this rabbit hole right like people who want to explore ripoff movie and like want to explore the realm of exploitation. like i think i would like take somebody away from like modern movies like we just shark and i'll be like look you don't have to no 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 I get that you're interested in shark movies and like killer marine life movies. You don't have to go sci-fi. Please go back, watch Orca. You don't have to watch like Sharknado or anything like that. Just watch Orca and watch the, the original exploitation films. Cause like, at least I feel like there's a little bit more going on and especially in the confusing way. I think you'll have a great conversation afterwards, but 
I mean, like, I don't think I'd recommend it to just a normal film person. Where do you think this <laughs> like, ranks in the Joss ripoff movies? Where do you, where do you see Orchestra? Oh, so, so it's definitely below Piranha because, like, Piranha, I, I really, Piranha's like really fun. It's probably, I think. Oh, I would. Oh, it's, it's not even a, a contest. I would definitely rather watch Grizzly over this. Um, so it's under Grizzly. Um, I haven't watched Razorback yet, but I'm just going to say it right now. I'm pretty sure Razorback is probably above this. So it's like, I would say maybe in the in the top 10, but like maybe towards the sevens, okay. probably okay. seven or eight in terms of exploitation. Like there's not a lot of great movies and the other movies are lo- below it are the ones that actually like kill right. sharks. So those are a little, little tougher for me yeah, to, to stomach yeah, and watch. <laughs> Yeah, that's. I was thinking about that. Yeah. Like, would I recommend this movie to anyone? And it, it's tricky for me because, yeah, obviously, if you just want a, a fun evening with a movie, this is not the movie for you. But and it has <laughs> yeah. a certain like, what were they thinking? Quality to it that is somewhat appealing. But at the same time, it, it, there's just so much of it that's deadly dull, in my opinion. You know. Uh, and and, and right. especially yeah. like once they do get out in that water for the final confrontation, like you said, it's so indifferent. It seems so indifferently made at that point. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I don't know if I would recommend this to to many people. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. That's fair. Are, are there any like Jaws exploitation movies that you would rank above this? Like, do you, what do you think about Grizzly? Like, do you yeah, I haven't Grizzly seen movies? Grizzly in a long time, so I'm not confident in my like wholeheartedly recommending it but I, I remember I remember kind of enjoying it I do like Razorback um, I love Piranha but you were kind of saying you don't even consider Piranha like a Jaws ripoff you see them as like it's a parody or something right yeah I, w- I would say probably it's, it feels more like a parody to me but I mean it is still it it was birthed yeah, yeah. by Jaws exploitation I just think yeah I mean that's got a script by John Sayles and um, stuff like that so it's Alligators, yeah, another. Yeah, it's not exactly a Jaws uh, ripoff movie, but that's right. Yeah, alligators, I like that. I love alligators. That is true. Um, that one's really hard to see. That was like just like legally, because uh, it's like it's. Uh, yeah, it's really I wonder if there's a rights issue because that seems to scream for like a, a Screen Factory release. Because it's, it's a fun movie. Oh yeah, 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 very fun movie. Hell, I even like the sequel. Oh, I don't which know if is I've seen not it. Not great. It's interesting. It's basically like the first movie repeated okay. and less good, but it is it is it's yeah, it is still I mean, fun. Like, the thing with alligators, I think John Sales was writing it like simultaneous to the Howling, so they they seem to share a little bit of the same DNA. It has that sort of kind of I don't know vibe to it. I like alligators. So where would I rank Orca? Pretty low, if I'm being honest. Although I do appreciate making this, like, very 70s, somber, um, you know, weird killer wing movie. They're, they're, I have a certain affection for it, but it's kind of dull to me. Yeah, no, that, that's, that, is, yeah. Uh, that is very fair. Um, are there any, uh, any anywhere in the world that they can no. find you on the internet? Or no, I don't. Get more? I, I'm no, Facebook, nothing. if you really nothing. want to find me, I'm on Facebook. <laughs> I'm always 
I don't encourage no, no, I don't people know. to watch If you wanted to talk to me for whatever reason about movies, you're welcome to find me on Facebook. But I'm not active on social media, really. Just, uh, you know, Max is Max will eventually have a revenge against you for something. We'll yeah. figure it out. We'll figure it out. Um, you know, you'll be you'll be on the tear. Um, yeah, that's it. That's Orca, everyone. Um, if you uh, are interested in uh, following this podcast and all of its adventures, you can always follow me on Twitter at @wine_movie_nerd or email us at milkshakesandmimosas at gmail.com. Uh, thank you and have yourself a great day. See you. Bye. <laughs>